Hello and welcome to another Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective Meetup. I'm your host, Adam Carswell, joined as always by my co-host, Michael Flight, CEO of LibertyFund.io. Uh, if you guys are joining us today live, thank you for investing your time. Happy to have you here. Really excited for today's presentation. Uh, definitely going to get a ton of value out of it. And uh, if you're joining us on the replay, be sure to subscribe and check out the show notes and links connected to today's message and if you're listening on the Dream Chasers platform, be sure to rate and subscribe there as well. Uh, links, as I mentioned, are all below. So today, our presentation and the focus of the meetup is a luxury resort on the blockchain, uh, a, a successful start to finish case study. Um, again, as I mentioned, super excited for today, going to get a lot out of this case study. I know even as you know, us as the hosts today, we have a lot of questions in the pipeline for Mr. Laurent Kemla. Uh, before I give you Laurent's bio, I want to hand it over to Michael to uh, kind of just explain the backstory on how we connected with Laurent and how we got to where we are here today. So, Michael, microphone. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how excited we are because when we were originally searching and eventually, you know, uh, figured out that we would have to be issuing a security token and getting into security tokens. Uh, one of the largest and uh, in, in the most visible projects was the La Estancia uh, security token. And um, they've also got really good SEO, so it always comes up, you know, towards the top. Uh, but uh, through La Estancia and um, their website, uh, we actually met our, uh, our uh, blockchain and uh, a uh, securities attorney, uh, Bull Blockchain. So I uh, want to thank Laurent for that. And uh, we've just, you know, in discussing things with him, just uh, I can't tell you how much value we've gotten. So really excited about this. And, and with that, I will, uh, you know, uh, turn it over to you, Adam, for uh, the introduction. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. So Laurent Kemla of Estate Token or EstateToken.com. He is a serial entrepreneur and investor with more than 25 years of experience building and managing successful companies in the digital realm. He's the co-founder and chairman of Real Deep Group, the first B2B marketing uh, digital marketplace for trading TV and film rights and RealTrack, a blockchain-based decentralized universal registry for the audiovisual industry. As CEO of Estate Token, the full-service marketing firm focused on real estate digital security offerings, he pioneered the tokenization of La Estancia Golf Resort, located in the Dominican Republic. He sits on the board of Stanga One and leading offshore, or a leading offshore digital production center with over 280 employees based in Sofia, Bulgaria, uh, with offices in Serbia, London, and Paris as well, which is where he's joining us from today in Paris. So going overseas for you guys. Uh, Laurent has been featured in multiple publications and been a speaker at MIPCOM, the Security Token Academy, the TV of Tomorrow, online advertising in Jupiter events, and at the Canes Cyber Lions. That's the background for you guys. Uh, Mr. Laurent Kemla, Kemla, thank you for joining us today. And now the microphone is yours. And I think we have you, we have you on mute. <laughs> Gotta love Zoom. You're still on, still got you on mute. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. All right. I'm good. Okay, great. So good morning, everyone. Uh, and thank you, Adam. And thank you, Michael, for this great introduction. Uh, 
I'm very happy as well to have been uh, invited to share with you this uh, sort of case study on our experience with La Estancia. And as Adam mentioned, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, although I don't really like that uh, term, which uh, usually is associated with killer. But uh, with that being said, I've, I've had a wide experience in technology and I got involved with blockchain technology through other ventures that I invest in, uh, one of which is in the audiovisual space. And when I, we were approached by a very large developer in the U.S. based in Maryland called Signal Corp, uh, we started exchanging about the potential of tokenizing assets and understanding that obviously the real estate industry, uh, like many others, were being disrupted uh, by this new technology, by digital ledger technology and blockchain. And so by looking closely at their portfolio, they have about 200 million uh, of assets under management currently. Uh, we thought that Estancia was not only a, a sexy uh, appeal uh, as a project, but also uh, did uh, have a great financial potential financial return, uh, which made it a, a fantastic uh, candidate uh, for tokenization. So I um, so so I'm going to share a presentation and and start. Uh, um, I prepared a presentation here to uh, share with you. Tell me if you can see my screen. Uh, yeah, looking good. And, and one more thing, just want to remind everyone along the way, any comments or questions for Laurent, because we will get to the Q&A, uh, just remember to put those in the chat. Go ahead, Perfect. Laurent. Thank you. So before we, we start diving into the case study itself, I'll give you a little bit more background about uh, what a state token is. So a state token is essentially a digital marketing firm that is focused on real estate backed securities uh, offerings. We help issuers uh, market their tokenization to investors around the world. And so we started doing this with uh, a few clients, Signal Corp being one of them. And now we're uh, developing a technology platform. Think of it of, uh, as a Google Ads for digital uh, securities, which will sort of automate the process of, of, of marketing to a digital pool of investors internationally. Um, we've realized, we've come to realize that there's really a fundamental uh, a disconnect between real estate investments and, and new class of investors, the millennials, so to speak, uh, that are not investing as we are and as we have been. And, and so, therefore, our approach really is to bridge the gap between real estate developers, property owners, and this new class of investors by doing it with a in a compliant manner and an automated fashion. So the idea is really to try and, and, and connect with platforms that are full of digital investors today, the block files of the world that you've all heard of, the Robinhood uh, that are doing fractional investments now into actual shares, but also neobank platforms that are emerging around the world, like uh, N26, uh, Revolut, SoFi, and so on and so forth. So essentially, we're meeting cross-border crowdfunding, which I, th I think is the, the, the big plus here in tokenization, is being able to go across borders uh, in a compliant manner uh, by using uh, platforms that allow you to do this and, and bringing the best of both worlds by uh, uh, bringing into play blockchain technology and smart contracts. The market opportunity is obviously huge. We've got, according to CNBC, $38 trillion of wealth that is changing hands currently from baby boomers to millennials. These are the new investors and the whole concept and notion of investing or owning a property is now changing. Uh, our kids are not investing the same way as we have been or clearly as our parents and grandparents have been. So 
the idea here is to uh, see that uh, the largest asset class that uh, real estate is 240 trillion, according to uh, uh, latest figures, you know, is going to be tapped into in a different way because there's a lot of unrealized liquidity premium in there. Uh, and specifically in in in, uh, in commercial real estate, according to a, a, a recent CR, CBRE study, we have about 48 trillion. And and on the same time, you're seeing the emergence through those uh, uh, figures that you see on the right here from Fidelity Digital Investment, that 32% uh, of investors are seeing alternative asset class, uh, among which security tokens are part of, you know, as a potential investment in the future. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with real estate tokenization and tokenization itself, but uh, in, 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 in summary, uh, tokenizing an asset is really a securitization process. So uh, you're bringing shares and you're encapsulating rights within these uh, digital shares, those digital shares that are recorded on the blockchain in, in, in a, what's called a digital uh, ledger technology that's totally decentralized, so it's immutable. Uh, and on the same time, it can automate a certain number of operations, uh, like distribution of dividends, but also, uh, you know, managing the cap table, uh, so, and, and, and compliance uh, among uh, various parties, which I think is, is a big plus here. So by doing this, you're bringing a lot more efficiency, which in turn can be passed on to the investors uh, and, and making it a, a much smoother uh, process. So really, we shifted from paper shares to bits, trading on, on the stock market to now tokens, which is really a, a set of cryptographic numbers that are recorded on the blockchain. What are the difference between security token and utility token? I think it's in, in, important to understand that if you have a property asset rights, you know, on the security token side, you know, usually security token entitled you to earning income from the property, whether it's uh, rental income or it's uh, sale income, you know, um, the right to transfer the property share to others uh, and the right to enforce certain property rights if that's been em embedded in, again, the smart contract as part of the governance rights of the other uh, structure issuing the, uh, the tokens. The, on, the, on the other hand, utility tokens don't give you those kind of benefits, but they can give you other benefits. And we're seeing in real estate certain kinds of utility token being issued that allow you to use or occupy your property on a timeshare basis, you know, having certain benefits and staying some, to some of them. So our focus really right now is prime commercial real estate assets and development, number two, trophy residential properties, and number three, branded luxury properties. I'll pass on this because I think that's a little bit too much. Let me dive into uh, uh, the actual case study and how we went about the tokenization of La Estancia. So first of all, La Estancia is a uh, beautiful golf resort. And it, but first and foremost, it is a, an income producing portfolio of uh, residential assets that have the particularity of being under a commercial lease agreement. And that's very important because uh, you have the security of the long-term lease with a single tenant, uh, but on the same time, uh, having this occupied with residential uh, properties. So again, a, a thousand acres golf course, uh, five star developed by Pete Dye, uh, fully developed properties that are combining luxury villas, golf cottages, uh, townhouses, apartments. This was all developed, as I said earlier, by our partner and client Signal Corp, which is a US based in Maryland uh, 
development firm with more than 35 uh, uh, years of experience, and they've done about 3.5 billion of transaction. Again, 200 million of assets under management currently. And the uh, strategy for La Estancia is really a three-part uh, digital offering. We just completed, or we completed last year, the first part, which I'm going to show you. But there's a really a three-stage investment plan. Uh, that will total a uh, more than 75 million in uh, accumulated offerings. What made La Estancia really, I think, a uh, very interesting uh, opportunity is its location, because Dominican Republic is may not be well understood or well known, but it, it is an island in the Caribbean. But it's a country, and it's even though it's not as big of a country as uh, probably some of the Southern American countries, is often compared to the uh, Latin America of the Caribbean because uh, it, it's, it has this vibe, it has got this feel of Latin America. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's Spanish-speaking, obviously. Uh, and the resort location is wonderfully located in the southeastern part of the island, which you're seeing here in a location called La Romana, which was very conveniently located because it was 30 minutes away only from Punta Cana International Airport, which itself is two and a half hours, for, or two hours, sorry, from Miami. Um, so it, it's it, it very well located also in the region where there was another very well-known resort uh, called Casa di Campo that's been successful with a lot of billionaires, a lot of stars own properties there. And we're right across the river there called the El Chavon River. So it's great property for golfers, but for vacationers as well as upscale uh, residential. So let me show you uh, a movie here uh, that we produce. I don't know if you had it a short clip that we uh, produced that's about a minute and a half will show you a little bit of property and uh, the environment. Can you, can you see the video? Is it playing? The sound also? Yeah, um, it's playing. Uh, we're not getting the sound. Um, it's probably because I have the sound in my ear. Yeah. Headset, yeah. <laughs> so I'll sing. <laughs> no, yeah, give us the, give us the play by play here. So basically, you're seeing right now the five-star golf resort. As you can see, uh, it's a beautiful property. Uh, uh, I'll go get to it in a minute, but it was 10.7 million uh, portfolio of properties that we assembled in that first stage. And uh, it's, uh, it's very nicely designed because as you can see around the golf course, you have the golf cottages there, which are four bedrooms, four bathrooms that were part of the offering. Uh, what was very interesting, and I'll speak to it in a minute, was the benefits also included in that sale, which are residency and citizenship benefits if you met certain requirements from an investment perspective. Uh, obviously, also, the very interesting aspect is as a digital securities offering, it's highly liquid. Uh, it allows you to get to trade a net asset value plus when it will be traded on uh, exchanges soon. And also provides you uh, with its location and the uh, SPV that's behind it from uh, exceptional tax benefits. Uh, so, <clears throat> so I'll move to the, the rest of the presentation um, without further ado. What I think really differentiates La Estancia, I couldn't have said it better than the, uh, Armando Signorelli, who's really the CEO of La Estancia Holdings and also of Signal Corp, is the unique location, the tourism, but also the revenue stability, which I mentioned earlier, uh, having been really a commercial lease agreement in that residential property. Who is really uh, the tenant is a very large audiovisual firm. Uh, obviously, the settings are perfect backdrops for production. Uh, they produce shows there internationally. They're affiliated with Fox. 
they've actually taken over the whole resort in terms of uh, <laughs> uh, occupancy. Uh, and uh, they are now asking for doubling by 2022 uh, occupancy, which prompted really developers to develop additional space. It's a thousand acres, wasn't fully developed in terms of space. So there's a great opportunity to have them occupy this. So they produce shows you might be familiar, like American Ninja, Exceptron, which is their own brand. And they sell this internationally in Mexico, as well as, uh, as in uh, the original uh, country of origin, which is Turkey. So why the Dominican Republic? As I said earlier, according to a recent study from the, uh, uh, the United Nations, it's number one, 3.5 billion of foreign investments have been made uh, in 2018. As you can see, it's way ahead of uh, other countries or islands in the area. A uh, number of visitors have been uh, climbing on a regular basis. Uh, also, the GDP growth uh, is, uh, is, is, uh, is substantial. It has increased 5.4% in 2017, 2018. The main benefits, I think, of the uh, investment opportunity was to own a fractional state. So we assembled to, to test really this, as I said earlier, the first of three phases. We wanted to test in that first phase, assembling a diversified portfolio of some of the units you've seen in that video, composed of cottages, of uh, and villas, of, of apartments, as well as townhouses, uh, and 22 income-producing properties, uh, generating uh, an 8% annual return and with a, a targeted uh, IRR cash on cash of 36% in three years with, with the sale of those properties. Uh, the additional benefits, as I mentioned earlier, are citizenship and residence uh, benefits, which I'll, I'll get to in, in more, a bit more detail in a minute. So the properties, as you can see here, I'll show you a breakdown. We essentially put them all under a, the same entity, uh, which was a, an SPV. Um, uh, I'll get to that now. Uh, so basically, the structure here is a, a, a Cayman Island uh, company setup, which is an SPV made this specifically for this offering. Uh, and the Cayman Island uh, is essentially composed of a GP and LP with special specific uh, class of shares that were issued equity. Uh, underneath that, the LP owns uh, shares in all the various corporations in the Dominican Republic. Uh, that are consolidated uh, uh, under that same, uh, again, roof, which is the SPV. And we issued that special class of common stock class B, uh, which has only strictly economic benefits, no voting rights. And we uh, essentially mimic those shares. Uh, we, we, uh, we use those shares essentially as a digital representation through the tokens, the security tokens, digital securities. That's how it's structured or, or it was structured. And we offer the ability for investors that wanted to get shares, but to convert at a later stage to digital security tokens, the option to do so. Uh, because some, some investors, I gotta be honest, were a bit cold feet. We're like, what, what are we getting exactly? What are those tokens? We're not prepared to receive tokens. When we have to own a digital wallet, what is that? And so on and so forth. Especially if you speak to the more sort of antiquated family offices, you know, they're not really uh, uh, prepared to, to, uh, to buy into this. But so, we gave them that option and we structured our, our, our subscription agreement to uh, have provisions to allow them to convert uh, with, at no penalty. From an onboarding process, we, we partnered with Securitize, by the way, which is a leading platform. You guys probably have heard of it, uh, a compliance platform that enabled us to really maintain compliance throughout the whole life cycle of the token from its issuance on a first issuance basis to for later on as it, as it gets into secondary markets, 
which is the objective, you know, con continue to have that compliance through their, their protocol and their relationships with those uh, exchanges. So uh, the investment could be made both in fiat currencies, uh, US dollars and euros, as well as uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Uh, and the idea was that they would essentially go and review on the uh, uh, securitized platform, the uh, PPM, the subscription agreements. They'll go through a KYC AML, which is know your customer, you know, verification of profile, which was automated through uh, their partner on FIDO. And uh, at that point, they start pledging uh, an investment amount. And as they uh, conclude this investment, it gets played into, uh, placed into an escrow. We, part we had partnered with Paxos as our escrow provider, uh, which also allowed us to have more flexibility and no volatility in, in accepting uh, cryptocurrencies. Because if you accept Bitcoin and all of a sudden the next day, the value drops 20% you're, uh, until the actual realization of the transaction, you have a big problem. So we converted uh, those cryptocurrencies immediately into US dollars and left them into the escrow account of Paxos. From there, you know, uh, the common stock, as I explained earlier, were issuing the smart, through the smart contracts, the digital uh, security tokens, and were placed in the custodian of Paxos until uh, the uh, sale was completed, meaning the uh, PPM was executed and the uh, subscription agreement, and at what point the uh, tokens are disbursed to the investor's wallet. So again, it's a three-phase investment. Phase one was completed, was 22 units. Phase two are apartment buildings, townhouses, and cottages. But now we're talking about 123 units uh, for a uh, much greater amount because it's going to be 21 million. And the phase three is the hotel development on 100 acres of that property. You, as you can see here, these are rendering from uh, the hotel that will be there. will look very nice because they're, they're uh, big suites, 240 suites will be operated by a very large internationally known uh, brand chain, uh, hotel chain. So that first sale closed um, by the end of, of uh, November. It was 10.7 million. It had conversion option, as I mentioned earlier. And also we provided preemptive rights to the next offerings to, to token holders, which was a benefit from a marketing perspective. Um, the, we had a lot of press. Uh, these are some of the articles I was interviewed by the uh, Financial Times uh, in their Investors Chronicle, where I coined the term uh, REIT 3.0. Uh, we were in crypto news, interviewed by a number of media. So it got a lot of coverage, I think, again, due to the sexiness and the fact that we were pioneers uh, in this. Uh, of course, after the San Regis and, and, and a few others that had uh, started this process before us, but uh, I think we were among the first ones. The second phase, as I said, is going to be even greater return, uh, and that's going to launch hopefully COVID providing uh, <laughs> next year because everything has been slowed down uh, uh, by Q2 2021. The uh, new hotel development uh, will be will be uh, launching hopefully by uh, the last quarter of next year, and that's going to be again nine uh, 240 suites, 900 square feet suites. Uh, it's going to be a hybrid debt and equity structure offering. The first one was just equity, as I explained. We're going to have even projected or targeted cash on cash return are, are even higher. And many additional benefits, like the ability to get discount as you hold tokens to stay in a hotel and a number of other uh, sweet, uh, sweet, uh, sweet things. Uh, 
So what's next for us, you know, as a stake token, uh, we are working now on the tokenization of a very large uh, commercial real estate property in the U.S. Uh, it's a, a gold, a class A trophy asset, uh, lead the certified building, uh, fully occupied, 120,000 square feet under a 10-year lease, single tenant uh, KCI Technologies, which is a, a, a very large civil engineering firm that works for the U.S. government. Uh, very stable. It's got a 6.3% cap rate, and we targeted 22.5%. Uh, you know, IRR targeted IR uh, within three years. We also have a huge pipeline. We were solicited a lot by a number of uh, uh, real estate developers and asset holders around the world. Uh, whether it's in the tourism industry, we have a hotel. Uh, a part of Rolais Chateau. We have properties uh, in uh, the Golden Triangle in Paris, which is the, the, the most prestigious area of Paris. And we have a few properties in, in Manhattan, uh, also a very large development in Harlem. Uh, so these are all in the pipeline. A lot of these things have uh, stuff have been uh, sort of slowed down due to COVID, but they're now starting slowly starting to resume. So we're expecting a lot of new stuff coming out. Um, so anyways, this is it. Uh, I'm now open to your questions. Uh, so feel free to shoot out. And uh, hopefully uh, it wasn't too overwhelming and <laughs> not too much information at once. No, fantastic information, Laurent. Thank you so much. I know we've got a lot of questions coming through. And um, you know, I apologize, my, uh, my connection timed out. So I lost half of the questions in the chat. I know we had Dalton, Michael, and then I've got some from Jason. So uh, let's just, if you guys are available, we'll go through here and, and unmute and ask Laurent questions. Um, and also want to keep in mind, we have roughly 15 minutes left. We might go a little over just because this is going to be a really powerful Q&A, but just want to make sure everyone's cognizant of you know how much time we have. So uh, Dalton, I think you had the first question. If you're there, uh, could you unmute and, and ask Laurent? Yep, I'm here. Hey, Laurent, I think we spoke before too, I think maybe a month or two ago. So nice to uh, talk with you again. But one of the questions I had is, are there any companies that are securitizing luxury residential assets for investment purposes, but also for personal use kind of timeshare uh, benefits? And then I, I saw that you said that there's residency and second citizenship benefits as well. So I kind of wanted to touch on both those things. Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, hi, Dalton. Yeah, I do remember you, of course. Um, thanks for the question. Yeah. So for your first question, yes, there are... Uh, from what I understand, there are hybrid models between utility tokens and security tokens uh, that are being issued because once again, those uh, sort of time sharing capabilities are uh, have to be encapsulated in, in a sort of different type, type of format, you know, from a token perspective. Uh, and I heard about a luxury resort in the Philippines uh, that is currently being, uh, uh, that is working on, on such an offering. Uh, that will be combining uh, not only the uh, sort of uh, uh, security token benefits that you can obtain, like uh, financial uh, aspects, yeah. you know, uh, dividend distribution and so on and so forth, but also, uh, like you said, uh, time sharing capabilities, the ability to stay at the resort or have certain discount or access certain facilities uh, and, and so on and so forth. So that's your first question, I think. Uh, the second one was, uh, excuse me, remind me. Uh, you, was you, the residency uh, and citizenship? Oh, benefit? yeah, the residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so uh, that's a very interesting aspect. And to be honest, when we approached the uh, uh, the opportunity with the, uh, the Dominican Republic, we, we didn't really know uh, us as a firm that there were uh, in a residency benefit attached to it potentially through 
uh, a program, uh, obviously, of the country called uh, uh, Residency by Investment. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so when we started diving into that and, and, and putting together our marketing strategy, because I have a very strong marketing background, we come from digital marketing. So we really sort of like build personas of uh, the potential targeting in, target investors. And we realized that as, as, as we know, uh, many people are interested in a secondary residency, especially after a crisis like this. You know, we realized we want to be able to travel more freely to certain countries. Uh, and, and, and also there may, there may be a, a very interesting tax benefits attached to them. Uh, depends if you're US, maybe not so. I mean, I advise you to consult your tax advisors. I'm not you know, giving any tax advice, but I'm saying that was a very, uh, very important aspect because, uh, you know, we've seen many uh, investors, namely from China, you know, making investments in the US in, in real estate projects in the past decades, you know, uh, to uh, try to obtain EB5. I have friends uh, who are real estate developers down in Miami and have been extremely successful doing, that, doing this with uh, building a charter, charter schools. Uh, and they received a tremendous amount flow of cash coming from uh, from there, uh, and it wasn't really because they loved the project in itself. It's because really they wanted to attain citizenship uh, through the EB5, which is green card uh, in the US. Uh, in our case, uh, the citizenship uh, I passed on it a little bit uh, quick, too quick earlier, so I'll come back. But uh, it, it offers uh, uh, the ability to travel within 65 countries. Uh, among which the Schengen space, uh, as well as Canada, which is very nice. Not the U.S., but, uh, you know, a, a lot of people that would want this are maybe not also U.S., uh, maybe U.S. residents. And uh, the, uh, the threshold is really to make an investment of $200,000 or more. Uh, but the process is extremely fast. Within three to six months, you obtain residency status. And within two years, you can get a citizenship and passport. Uh, and that's sort of automatic. And the beauty of it is you don't need to keep the funds. So meaning if you have your token and you've opened residence, you've obtained residency status, then you can sell that token to someone else and the process continues. Uh, you don't need to keep uh, that investment in place, which is great because as we know, uh, the whole approach to tokenization is also the ability to make this extremely liquid. So if you want to have liquidity opportunities in selling this and you still want the uh, sort of residency benefits, you know, you don't have to uh, be attached to the investments or, or stay uh, or keep your investment for a very long period of time. So having, having said that, you know, I think this opened our eyes on many, many opportunities around the world in countries where there were great real estate assets with a lot of liquidity premium that was trapped into the value of the asset. And on the same time, that offered great residency and citizenship benefits. So we approached one of the largest firm around the world that providing golden visa opportunities that have agreements now with many, many Caribbean countries, you know, uh, the uh, British West Indies uh, and, and, and others and islands to try and basically combine offerings of investments where people would invest from abroad cross-border using token, token technology, I mean, uh, blockchain technology, and, and on the same time not have to deal with all the hassle of uh, flying there, of signing contracts, of, of owning the property themselves, of, of worrying about property management and all those aspects. So you get the best of both worlds, or you get liquidity, you get uh, dividends, and you also get residency benefits. Awesome. Thank you, Laurent. Thank you for the question, Dalton, too. Got a lot Thank out of you, there. Thank you, Laurent. That was excellent. Um, Michael, you're, you're next. I think you had a question about Signal. 
Yeah, Laurent, um, I'm curious, and probably we don't have to go too far into it, but did, did they find you or did, did you find them? How, how did you guys meet? So uh, I met with the, the principal of, uh, of Signal uh, through Common Friends, and we started talking about, you know, what we're doing. So I gave him a little bit of background, my tech experience, and I spoke about blockchain. And then, you know, he's, he, uh, he, he was very curious about blockchain technology as it applied to real estate. And he said, you know, is there, what are the use cases for real estate? And I said, you know, I, as you can see, real estate is being disrupted, you know, uh, slowly but surely. Uh, it's being disrupted by blockchain technology. It started with the sort of more basic uh, approach, which was registering, uh, having uh, the using digital ledger technology to r register transaction and replacing uh, sort of like the registries for uh, uh, title ownership and so on. Uh, to and, and then he, he said to me, "What about tokenization? You know, we have assets. You know, can assets be tokenized?" And I said, "Absolutely, they can." Look at what uh, what ha what the San Regis that just did. The San Regis just had just completed at the time the, uh, their their token sale, and and so that's when we actually look into their portfolio. I did a little bit of due diligence on them. I tried to understand a little bit what what, what they own. You know, the assets. We went back and forth a lot, by the way, on the Dominican Republic and the US. Which one should we start with first? You know, what was the best angle from a marketing perspective? And I think, I'll be honest, in, trans in hindsight, I, I think uh, probably that we should have been starting with uh, the US, even though the regulatory environment was a little bit too uh, complicated, we still had to face it, you know, with US investors being based in the Cayman, so that didn't change too much. Uh, yes, there is again the sexiness of the resort in the Caribbean, but a lot of people did not understand where the, the Dominican Republic was. You had to really educate them. They had a lot of worries about the economy, of the people, of safety, all those aspects. And, and again, La Romana was sort of like a, 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 a country within the country. You know, if you go there, you know, it's like uh, you, you feel like you're in Miami Beach, you know. I mean, it's, like, yeah. uh, it's, it's extremely safe. It's extremely luxurious. You know, but it was very, very difficult to convey all those points to uh, to them. You know, so it made our task harder because uh, you know it, it wasn't easy, an easy product to understand to begin with. You know, uh, not by its nature, but the country itself and the economy. I just have one follow-up question. So this one uh, was not available to U.S. investors, correct? It was only available to non uh, the, the rest of the world. So we divided the sale in two parts. We, we did first a private sale uh, and that we opened to U.S. investors, only uh, qualified uh, investors per the SEC definition. And uh, the second part of the sale, which was really the public sale, uh, was close to U.S. investors. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Laurent. Thank you, Michael. Um, Jason, I know you had a handful you, you sent me here, so I, I don't know which one's your favorite. <laughs> uh, but if you yeah, want to ask, I'm to go respectful. ahead. I could probably talk to Laurent for an hour here, but um, <laughs> I'm curious, what were some of the kind of the main lessons, takeaways, or maybe things that surprised you with marketing and issuing this token as far as like not only issuance, but kind of onboarding? Um, any main takeaways that that you came away with that that's uh, were important or maybe shocked you? 
Yeah, sure. We, we expected this coming from technology and, and, and being very familiar with technology platform. I expected the, the technology to be more mature. And I was fairly disappointed at the time, you know, by uh, the fact that there was a lot of disconnect between uh, the various platforms or service providers. Uh, I named a few during the presentation. And I don't mean to blame them when I'm saying this, but I, I think they were just in, in a phase where they were themselves inventing uh, this and, and with the regulatory environment being so uncertain, you know, and, and, and not ideally suited, I'd, be, I'd say, because again, fairly antiquated. If you think about it, the, the latest big innovation in, in, in real estate investment, uh, it was the REIT. And the REIT dates back uh, probably in the 80s. You know, it's about time that we start, you know, taking advantage of new technologies, you know. So I think the disconnect of the platforms, we expected platforms to be able to talk to each other, like custodians, you know, uh, the uh, compliance platform, uh, the, uh, the onboarding, you know, the, the whole aspect connected to uh, KYC AML, you know, all, all this wasn't really uh, greatly uh, uh, put together, you know, so we had to sort of like uh, do a lot of things manually. Uh, and, and so that was, that sort of defeated the purpose of having this whole thing to be, uh, be automated, right? You know, where you want this to be completely automated compliance, onboarding, and so on and so forth. On the marketing side, I, I, I think what's very important is that, again, we cannot forget uh, that we're dealing with financial products here that are highly regulated. So uh, as you go about marketing this and those tokens, you don't market them the same way you would market a shampoo you know, or a, a, a car rental company. You know, uh, there, are, there are many regulations you're subject to, which is also the whole mission of what we're doing here at the state token is really building in that platform the automation, the same type of level of automation you're seeing in a platform like Securitize for the onboarding, but from a marketing perspective, where you have a white list of investors around the world that are pre-ready to onboard, where we know their target investment profile, where they want to get into, and you be able to tap into those investors in a, in, in a way that's close to programmatic, if you will, where you, you want to set specific criteria and then they can go and that doesn't mean you will have 100% conversion. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, get to a stage where it's not manual, you know, where you don't have right. to lead campaigns manually. So that's also, I, I think that, that these are the two main aspects that I think I would, uh, would be takeaways from our experience. Oh, that was, that was great. And I've got just one really quick one just out of my own curiosity here. For the investors that uh, you onboarded, what would you say, just kind of, and I, you probably don't have the numbers in front of you, but the ones that are receiving distributions, is it 50-50 fiat to crypto? Um, just curious if you had something there that. Yeah. Uh, so it's roughly, I don't have the numbers like you said, but it was, it, it was, it was two, uh, uh, three, three quarter in, in, in fiat and, and, and a quarter in crypto, uh, roughly. Uh, uh, and we had some large transactions uh, coming into crypto. So even though it's 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 a quarter of the investors may not be the quarter of the amount, uh, but you know it's it's it, it we we thought that maybe crypto investment was going to be a, a bit higher percentage of investors. We thought that uh, due to the nature of the product, the technology. You know, uh, you would appeal to uh, investors in those platform. I think once again, it was because it was so difficult to market to them because as a first issuer, you know, going and tapping into those platforms, which is really our, 
our, our focus eventually. Uh, you know, those platforms that I, I displayed here, uh, these are the kind of agreements we're trying to set up, you know, with our platform. Those people who are basically the millennials of the world, uh, investors who will invest $1,000. Because the, the, I think the true realization, the holy grail of, of crowdfunding is really having millions of investors investing a small amount in, in, in real estate technology. If you, I've heard stories here of people who say, yeah, I've run a test for crowdfunding in real estate and I've, you know, I've completed a, a, a race successfully. And they said, how many investors do you have? They said three. Said three is that's crowdfunding. I mean, that's that's a small crowd. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so so I, I mean I think we, we really want to get to that and 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 for that I mean I think we see those platform again we're dealing with a regulatory environment that is complex that is begging I think the framework is improving I think we're seeing updated definitions by the SEC of accredited investors of a number of things so I think it's going that direction but it's still not ready yet so. No, I just wanted to jump in and, um, you know, the uh, actual REIT Act was in 1960. And uh, the reason why I remember is because the REIT Act was part of the cigar excise tax. So that's how they make laws here in the United States. (laughs) Interesting. So we have to find a new brand of cigar that fits security. Exactly. And then, you know, you smoke smoke (laughs) a cigar and, you know, invest in a REIT. Well, we have great cigars down in the, in the Dominican, that's for sure. Even at our oh, resort, there's a very nice cigar shop that's uh, affiliated with it. It's a major cigar production there. So yeah. you know, maybe we'll find a solution there. Well, I invite you all down there to smoke a few cigars and, uh, <laughs> and enjoy the golf course. Awesome. Um, Sam, are you interested in a cigar? I know you have a question. <laughs> I love cigars, so I'll take you up on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My question is just touching a little bit on liquidity and just interest in the future. Where do you see most of the liquidity coming from? And then also how important do you think broker dealers are really achieving or exceeding a raise um, in, in this whole, you know, in the whole ecosystem? Yeah, very good question. I think, you know, we approach a number of broker dealers uh, due again to the regulatory environment. You, you got to go through broker dealers for a lot of the, those sales and offerings, especially in, in, in certain countries where it's highly regulated. There are others where it's you can totally bypass them. And I think the objective is uh, to be able to bypass them to some extent. Uh, but I, I think they're necessary. Uh, they're necessary, especially in the U.S., 100% sure. Uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, and not to blame anyone, I think they're not really equipped at this point in time to really, I mean, for the most part, I, I, I don't want to generalize, and, and, and there might be many, a few, a few that, that have solutions, but I don't think they, they have a great uh, understanding of how to market this. Uh, I think they're, and, and they're focusing mainly on, on local geographies. Like I, I, my first questions to broker-dealers were, are you able to reach, uh, you know, potential investors uh, abroad. Uh, let's say I, I, I want to target Singapore. You know, I know you got to speak to someone in Singapore there or in Asia. Okay. So then you end up with this whole of like a uh, schema of like multiple uh, broker dealers or ma- many agreements. Some of them want, uh, you know, a c- certain exclusivity on territories. And so it gets really complex, right? So, uh, and, and as far as the liquidity, I think it's, it's really the exchanges, right? Uh, I, I think we there are a few of them that are starting to show some traction 
with not necessarily real estate you know, tokens, although one of them, the, the Aspen coin, as we know, has been listed to, to one of them. But, uh, but you know, I think we're, we're still not seeing the volume that we should be expecting. And I think, you know, saying that it's going to be listed in uh, a few exchanges or secondary markets is a, is a good thing. But the first question you ask is, you know, what, what is the trading volume, you know, and, and if you don't see any kind of uh, uh, liquid, what creates market liquidity is really the uh, the combination of uh, an uh, bid and ask, right? And if you if you don't have that many, you know, and you have many asks but no bids, you know, uh, I don't I don't think that that solves liquidity, you know. So at this point in time, uh, many of them out there are, are are still not where it should be compared to, for example, and that's a question we've often gotten, you know, what about publicly traded REITs? You know, wh wh why is it so much more beneficial to do this? Uh, as opposed to a publicly traded REIT, you know, investing in it. And, you know, I have many, many arguments against that, you know, obviously uh, are in favor to security, uh, to, to going through security tokens issuances. Um, first of all, the structure itself for issuing a REIT and, and listing it uh, is much more cumbersome, more expensive. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not where it should be, clearly. Two, I think it's mostly focused, again, on, on certain territories. It's complicated to go cross-border on REITs. Uh, and, and, and three, it's, it's, it's only uh, the trading are not 24-7s, like security token exchanges, you know, would be. Uh, so I think there are many benefits to not going with a REIT, but it's true that people feel safer because it's, it has more, I mean, it's been out there, like you said, Michael, for since 1960. So, you know, it, it's, 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 it's an, there's going to be a need to mature in people's mind what security token uh, can bring to the table and how it can help. And, and as this get listed in many, uh, and we see an abundance of products and offerings and, and the ability for, because I have no doubt that the investors being able to granularly pick and choose uh, fractional investments from, let's say, a building in Paris and going into an eco resort in Zanzibar and then building their own portfolio like this internationally is the holy grail. It's really where it should go, you know, and it's very exciting from the perspective doing this from the palm of your hand on an app. I mean, that, that would be really uh, amazing, right? Because uh, I, I, I think the whole notion, and there was a very interesting article in the Financial Times this week, you know, about the whole notion of owning a property and how, again, the millennials are not uh, approaching this the same way that our parents or our grandparents have, have, have you know, and they don't necessarily want to own, they, they'd rather rent. And if they want to invest, uh, the more reason, they're, they're not going to invest in the property that they live in, or they don't want to invest in actual direct transactions. They're, they want to go through fractional ownership, you know, and, and you can see this in Robinhood, fractional shares. You can see this, SoFi has launched it, you know. Many of those successful products are, are, are trending in that direction. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, that, that was excellent, especially the, the comparison between REITs. The, the other thing, and um, Jordan on, on the call here is, is much more familiar with REITs. Uh, well, we've got three REIT guys here. But uh, one of the things that we found is that with a security token, it's more of a private placement type of a situation. So the... Um, at least for U.S. investors, the, the real estate tax benefits flow through better than um, with a REIT, which are taxed at ordinary dividends, too. So that, that's another sure. thing that's really compelling. So, And uh, as long as you're selling different pieces of uh, buildings and stuff, you can just mention Liberty Token, Laurent, if they're uh, 
looking to get their base level of uh, security and safety in. I'll definitely will. <laughs> That's right. We, we haven't really done a, a Liberty Fund uh, plug yet. So guys, everyone tuned in, listening, watching the replay, don't forget to check out libertyfund.io. Um, we're winding it down now, but we do have time for, I think, one more question. So I'm uh, going to kind of just make this one a free for all guys. Whoever has the last question for Laurent, unmute yourself and go. Well, I guess we, we covered it all. Someone's got one. I know it. <laughs> well, I, I would, yeah, I could monopolize Laurent's time, you know, for hours and hours, like, like Jason said. So uh, really what you guys have done is just incredible. Um, the amount of thought that was put into it and the, the step-by-step presentation and everything else, it was, uh, it, it was really magnificent. So uh, it, Thank you. you can yeah. tell that uh, you, you are a marketer at heart because uh, you, you really, uh, it, it's really in, in this space, um, hard to find uh, something that explains the, the whole thing and the entire process and in what it is. So right. uh, no, I, I agree. Thank you. Thank you. No, look, it's a space that is populated mostly with, uh, technology or financial or real estate professional. But within that, you don't really have a lot of marketing expertise. Uh, right. That's what I was able to, to found, find. And, and so as a result, you know, uh, I, you know, it's easy to say I'm going to issue a token because the whole process, you know, at the end of the day now becomes simpler and simpler. But uh, it, it doesn't mean that because it's out there that uh, someone's going to buy it, right? Uh, and right. so... Uh, it, it, it reminds me of the early days of websites, you know, uh, if you build it, they will come, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. But no one thought about SEO or any kind of banner advertising or any kind of uh, social media. You know, now we know, we understand that uh, it's, it's more important to be present in multiple uh, uh, digital properties as opposed to being, uh, you know, on a single destination website if you want to attract uh, traffic, which is, Again, the same kind of philosophy you want to lead with security tokens is the more it's out there, you sort of multi-syndicate it, you know, uh, again, within this regulatory framework uh, that will lead to the benefits of all, you know, from a fundraising perspective. Yeah, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you very much, all. Thank you for your time. And then uh, happy to uh, have uh, some uh, more offline questions. Feel free to shoot me an email at uh, laurent at uh, estatetoken.com if you have any questions. And Laurent, one more thing. I love to let, let's connect offline to to hook up with Richard tomorrow, if possible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With Alan, you mean? I'm sorry, Alan. Alan. Yeah, Alan just logged in. Actually, is uh, is 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 on the call now. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry, yeah. sorry, guys. I just uh, logged in. It said uh, 12 noon Chicago time on my phone. So I'm a, I guess I missed no the beginning. My apologies. <laughs> no problem. Um, Laurent, you said your email is laurent at estatetoken.com because I do have laurent.chemla at estatetoken.com. Uh, they, bo they both work, but uh, use laurent.chemla, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so there you go, guys. That uh, contact information for Laurent will be in the show notes. It's in the chat right now. Uh, to contact Michael is michael at libertyfund.io. I'm adam at libertyfund.io. And uh, just want to say again, thank you, everyone, for joining us here today at the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective. Our next meetup will be on Thursday, October 8th. Guest to be determined to be announced, but definitely looking forward to that. Um, one more time before I close it out. Michael, any, any closing remarks? Uh, just thank you very much. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Thank you.
Thank you, no. Thank you all for, uh, for making this happen. I think it's important for the whole industry. Uh, I think it's important for people to become more aware of what is being done and, and uh, that will eventually lower the barriers to entry. And I think uh, it's, it's to everybody's benefit. So thanks again for the invitation. Sure. And, and one more thing I'll say, um, we're going to end the recording here soon, but anyone who's on the call, if you do want to have a breakout session at the end, we'll, we'll leave the Zoom group open. Um, so yes, everyone, thank you for investing your time with us today. If you enjoyed today's meetup, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuned in today or directly on our meetup site, which is in the show notes. Uh, this really helps out with SEO and overall visibility. And most importantly, bringing on guests like Laurent. Thank you once again, and thank we you. will see you in the next meetup. Bye-bye. Bye.